Joshua wondered whether Israel got it. Because the tribes were hesitant in taking possession of the land the Lord had given them. Reuben and Gad returned to Gilead, though invited into the Lord's land to live. Thus he asked them point blank to choose, to decide, come on, what will you do? They overlook all that the Lord has done and he reminds them of all the Lord's gifts to them. And then he calls into question their putting off a decision after all that God has done for them. It happens in our own time and it happens in every time. The people who give up choosing and aren't open to faith can suddenly be taken in by any charlatan. They can be patsies to any charlatan that comes along so the truth or value or the very living of life freely is put up for grabs because they're not concerned and not willing to decide. I'm sure the numbers are off, but for the sake of conversation and making a point, many of the undergraduates who say the other half of, let's say half of undergraduates say the other half think that voting is a spectator sport made for discussion and the one never actually goes to vote. If the wrong person's election gets elected, you can always have a march. But it hasn't quite entered in that one has to choose. And so that's really important for all of us. I'm sure that number's an overestimate. I'm sure they're not the only people who think or do that or don't do that. But it gets us thinking. And Joshua got us thinking in the first place. Now, if I could just uh, praise each of you, because you already have decided And you know how I can prove that in a court of law or in a science lab? Because in the midst of this rainstorm, here you are. In the midst of everything else, here you are. Clearly, you have decided in whom you believe. And clearly, you have said yes. And clearly, that gift of faith has been cultivated. Not a spark that's been blown out, but that was cultivated, perhaps with the help of your parents and your mentors, and then become a flame and then become a fire that enlightens all the rest of us by your presence here, your presence in our lives, your presence in your workplace and home and everywhere else. Think of that. The difference that your choice has made, does make, and always will. Choosing for the very God who gave us life and who gives us himself. How important to understand, underscore that and not, as, as the points out, the, uh, not, not to miss the point. Not to miss the point. Well, our Lord is dealing with precisely the same thing. He has not only the people to whom he preaches, but his very disciples. And they're murmuring here in John 6, where the 60th to the 69th verse, they're murmuring against what's, what he said, that I am the bread of life, unless you eat, unless you drink of my body and blood, you won't have life within you. And they begin to call this into question overlooking the fact of all God's gifts already, overlooking the immense gift of God himself in Christ, truth speaking the word, truth speaking copiously. Think of St. Thomas Aquinas over there in the window and think of his great hymns on the Eucharist and of the real presence and God's gift of himself, veiled but real, utter substance, 
How important to give thanks for that. And the very thanks, echoing the word we use for it, Eucharist, to give thanks for all the gifts that God has given. And so then finally to face what we have to face, that decision in life, which we often remake, which we remake many times. St. Ambrose over there in our second window on that side, St. Ambrose had a marvelous line. Do you want to hear it? Can I tell you? Do I have your permission? When we have gone all ways, we shall come at last to him who said, I am the way. That's to say, just because we're here doesn't mean we may have tried something else or doing nothing. But finally, when we have gone all ways, we shall come at last to him who said, I am the way and the truth and the life, the word, the perfect image of God and God's love for us, spent for our salvation. What better that? If you look in the next window, you see someone, Ambrose, nobody was speaking of, I won't say St. Augustine there, uh, exhibit A, B, C, and D for a life of many-sidedness. But again, when he'd gone all ways, he came at last to him who said, I am the way. And after his, his conversion in 386, his baptism by Ambrose in Milan Cathedral 387, 10 years later when he wrote his confessions, what found its way into the first paragraph of the first chapter of the first book? That incomparable line, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts shall ever be restless until they rest in you. That's Augustine's line, but you know who said it first? The fellow over there in the niche with the gold key and the silver key. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please consider supporting us by visiting stpaulparish.org. That's stpaulparish.org. God bless and see you next time.